Good evening, Patriots. And it is Sunday, June 26th in the year 2022. East Coast, you've now hit Monday. Too bad for you. We still have a few hours to enjoy our Sunday, but we'll catch up with you soon enough. Patriots, remember, we are right now in a war. You need good sleep. You need to support good companies that ensure we get good products and are Patriot-aligned. And one of those best is MyPillow. MyPillow.com has all the great products you're going to need for a great night's sleep, for your bedroom, for your bathroom. I don't think they have kitchen stuff yet, but I'm sure that's coming because it's like the one-stop shop. And, of course, Mike Lindell is a true patriot and is fighting like like nobody, really, in the, in this whole fight, funding so much of the effort to make sure that we reestablish election integrity for 2020. So head on over to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. You can select for all sorts of great products. All the featured sales are on the Bards Nation's landing page, mypillow.com forward slash Bards. You will not be disappointed. And you can choose from like the classic My Pillow, which is on sale right now, Giza cotton sheets, which once you use them, you'll never want to go back to whatever you had. Mattress toppers, mattresses, the new all terrain four wheel drive, double double mud slicker. My, my slippers. I think I over-exaggerated that just a little bit. But anyway, they've got a new all-terrain tread. It's pretty good. So MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Promo code Bards. And if you want to speak to a Patriot Pillow counselor, you call 800-975-2939. 800-975-2939. And a Patriot Pillow counselor is on standby. Just give them your promo code Bards and you're good to go. So I just got off a pretty amazing conversation and it's going to be a two-night show with Wano Sabin. Lots of details and things to fill in, which is very interesting. And tomorrow night, so tomorrow night we're going to have Matt and Joyce Sayer, who have just done the new film Selection Code, which is coming out in August. Mike Lindell referred to it on Friday night's interview. And Matt and Jill are going to have this, they're, they're the ones filming and producing the movie. So they're on tomorrow night. Then Juan is going to be on Tuesday and Wednesday night. Two-night interview. Very interesting interview. Lots of things to consider. And what I'm starting to understand between these last four interviews, more than I've had before, and I really have to compliment all of these people, um, Mike, well, it all started from last week, but we really get into it. But Mike Lindell and then um, Matt and, and Joy and then Juan, what is really becoming very clear to me is unless we reset 2020, and you've heard me say this, but I mean this in a much bigger way, unless we throw down hard and absolutely don't allow elections moving forward. Now, this is my opinion. And I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of people out here going, oh, you're being you're being you again. You're not encouraging the vote. I'm not encouraging moving forward at all until we fix 2020. Bottom line. 2020 is the problem, and it's where the whole problem sits. And unless we are willing to put full stop on elections, we aren't going to get anything better. I mean, this is literally like, uh, that's a bucket of acid. Yes. You poured it on your head once, it burned you badly. Yes. So what are you going to do? I'm going to pour it on my head again and tell me it's not going to get burned. I mean, that's dumb, right? This election is, we're going into is bad because it's, 
the, the corruption in the system is so deep. It's so many layers. And I think that's what you're going to see from the pieces, the little increments I've, bits I've seen in the previews of selection code. That's what really becomes so evident. It's not just the uh, the machines as we're learning, and that's what Mike was talking about. We, we've got 2,000 mules, which is the rigging on the ground. You've got algorithms that they're dealing with. You have a selection process, it appears, and that was Greg Phillips who was kind of alluding to that. So we've had some pretty good people on, if you review back to where we were, because we've had Greg Phillips, 2,000 mules, Mike Lindell, we're having Jill and, or I'm sorry, Jill, Joy and Matt Sayer on tomorrow night. They're talking about the film. Wano Saban's coming on then. He's going to get into some pretty deep granularity on the election process and what he's been part of. And I think if you assess those views, you're going to see that unless we completely put a full stop to this and not allow the moving forward of this 2020 vote, and we literally have to put a full stop to this, we're going to be in some dire straits. I mean, this is, we start to look at what's going on. What's we're witnessing right now is we're seeing the rise of Antifa again, which you know, Antifa, they, they, what do they do? They're thugs. And by the way, they're, somebody paid for them to have all new uniforms. If you haven't noticed, pay attention to all the footage. They have brand new black umbrellas and black new black block wear. Is, I mean, <laughs> it's like, gentlemen, the shipments of your new black hoodie is in. Really? Yeah. What is it? Is it something special? It's a black block black hoodie. And what else do I get? You get a black umbrella, and you get black jeans, and you get black boots. Oh, excellent. And you know it's going to be like they're probably coming from Italy or something, from the Vatican. Oh, did I suggest that? That would be that'd be kind of devious of me to suggest that the Pope was somehow signing off on trying to overthrow our country with a lizard head queen right behind it. Man, I tell you. But they... And just as a fair warning, I mean, you don't want to be seeking these people out, but I, I am going to continue to press this hard. These people definitely want to install fear. And I'll be very honest with you tonight. I had a number of audio clips that I had pulled, and they're not ready. So I'm going to play them tomorrow night, but I'm going to talk through a lot of scenarios, kind of give you some ideas of scenarios that I've been looking at. And it's starting to, there's a pretty good picture coming together here. I have definitely mentioned before, I mean, I've dealt with these people. The senior executive class is the real problem in our government. And they were designed originally under Bush as a continuity of government class, meaning that as presidents change, they would ensure the passage of one of the civilian government control as they move forward. But these people see themselves as the power brokers of the nation, and they're not elected. It's very important. Plus, they're not fireable. That's, if you remember, Trump went after them. President Trump went after them. And that didn't go over too well. So my, my guess is the SES class is in the back end of this at one point or another. Antifa is the ground shock troops, and 
So when you start to look at how things are playing out, if you look at what Obama's doing in the shadows, and by the way, this is important to remind me, to, I will not remind me, I will tell you, I'm going to come back to the Q post. It looks like it's fake. So I'm going to come back to that in a minute. But the SES class has been kind of the end behind the scenes as a shadow government, which is would explain how Obama could have reach into the government. And if they are working with states, then the states can use the National Guard to mobilize if they needed them to So, for domestic issues. That's where COVID, lockdowns, all that are very helpful to them and why they're frustrated because no one's paying any attention to them anymore, which we're not. We really don't care. The federal government is the cancer. This also explains how you have control over the FBI Because they're a federally controlled domestic law enforcement. And it also tells you why you're a sheriff is so doggone important. Because they're not tied to federal and they're not tied to state. Right? So we've got a real problem with our SES class, which is, I can speak, I won't speak on this show tonight, but I can tell you firsthand they are a very dangerous class of people in D.C. Because of who they think they are. And they're not as almighty powerful as they sh- as they are, but they think they're that way. And so I think where we're heading into is a crisis where they're trying. This is why I've been. You've heard me saying this for months. Like, why is everybody saying a lot, go? You know, vote, vote, vote. I think, quite frankly, if they're pushing for the vote. I don't think it's a patriotic thing. I think they're trying to get people to start having hope and faith in a system that's broken. They want to. They want 2020 gone. They want it out of their purview. They don't want it in their rearview mirror anymore. And if they continue where they're going, they're going to be able to justify the eradication of data, which I think starts happening in September, if I'm not mistaken. And they're going to be able to justify it saying, well, we have to get ready for the next vote. So we've got to terminate all the other data. And they're going to be destroying data left and right. We have to fix 2020. So if there's any vocal point you want to hold to regarding elections, there's nothing I would want more in this nation is than to see elections with integrity. But we're not going to get elections with integrity unless we get 2020 fixed. And it has to be fixed. So be vocal about that. I will tell you that. Because Antifa is, however this ties together, Antifa ends up being the shock troops. So does BLM. BLM, though, has been sufficiently degraded, but they're going to increase likely in their violence. So let me give you kind of where I think some of this may go. And I'm going to use as a past record Trey Arrow, which was part of the, I think it's the Earth First Coalition. Well, I say that, I'll check. He was a radical environmentalist here in Oregon. And he was ultimately convicted of his crimes for burning down a bunch of stuff. Um, but Trey Arrow, I'm just looking this up here while I talk. And he was, he led a really aggressive environmentalist movement here in the Northwest. And it's T.R.E. Arrow, also known that he was born as Michael Scarpetti. 
and he was what they've referred to him as a green anarchist who gained prominence in U.S. state of Oregon in the late 90s and early 2000s as an environmental activism activist. He also ran for Congress as the Pacific Green Party candidate. Yeah, but that ended quickly, as you'll hear. And then he was arrested and later convicted for committing arson acts on cement and logging trucks. He successfully sought political asylum in Canada, thank you, Trudeau, and was extradited to Portland, Oregon on February 29, 2008 to face 14 counts of arson and conspiracy. These actions were claimed as acts of protest by Earth Liberation Front, ELF. That was his group. I said Earth first. It's not right. ELF. On June 3rd, 2008, Trey pleaded guilty to two counts of arson and was sentenced to 78 months in prison. He was released to a halfway house in 2009. That's our good justice system working there for you. The actual event that got him tripped up, they eventually got him for arson on trucks and logging trucks and cement trucks, but he also managed to burn down a whole parking lot full of cars in Eugene, Oregon. Oh, these guys. So anyway, and I'm just still trying to figure out how burning down trucks helps the environment. And we know the answer to that. It doesn't, but it sure does bring a lot of interest. Here's something that's interesting. He ran for Congress in 2000 and received 15,000 votes as a Pacific Green Party candidate. See, these, these cult of fiction characters gain a lot of support like that. In October 2001, he suffered a broken pelvis, broken ribs, and a concussion when he fell 60 feet from a hemlock tree where he had perched to protest a logging sale in Tillamook County. Well, that's too bad. I bet that hurt too. Damn. Anyway, it's back to back to the story. So the reason I bring up Trey is what began as a fight in sort of a strategic way, very much similar in its own genre. I mean, I mean so hear me out on this. Antifa has been kind of this against-the-man type fighting, okay? And the against-the-man fight is always sells well. So they're out here, rah-rah, fighting against the man. People like it, and he gains, you know, he kind of becomes a cultural icon with the displaced youth. But it became a very personal fight when he started to go after cars and like a car lot and that sort of thing. And we haven't seen Antifa make that transition yet because Antifa is fighting for these strategic causes. They're out here in the streets right now. But what we noticed this change in Antifa, they just are just hateful. They just want to burn everything. They want to threaten you. They want to kill everybody. That's what they say. They just enjoy beating on people. They're just angry. So again, we're getting back to this sort of perspective on where we're headed my expectation is, since we're seeing so much rhetoric in the news about food shortages, and they're fanning this up, just like they fanned up the violence, remember, about there's going to be violence if they turn overturn Roe versus Wade. Well, of course there is, because the same masters that are controlling Antifa are the same scriptwriters for CNN, and CNN is going to, and others of the mainstream media, they're prepping you. Before you get there, that there's going to be violence. And then lo and behold, Antifa shows up and you're like, well, see, we told you there was going to be violence. Justifying Antifa. 
And at the same time, putting the blame on it's like Antifa wouldn't have shown up if it hadn't have been because you overturned Roe versus Wade. <laughs> I just love this logic. It's just beautiful. I didn't get my train I wanted for Christmas. It wasn't under the tree, so I'm going to burn the house down. Had you given me my train, I wouldn't have had to burn the house down. You see how that works? So all these instances are the same thing. So this is kind of what I would expect as we go forward because we're already seeing the BLM. If you notice the BLM gangs, matter of fact, there's a really good video. I'll see if I can put it in Telegram. I, I was going through a bunch of stuff today, so I can't tell you exactly where it is. I'll see if I can find it. But it was a fantastic video of a robbery in Manhattan. And the reason it was is you got to see firsthand how synchronized this was. These gangs have been training for this. And somebody's training them. These are like strategic, these are like tactical hit teams. They And they did it on, there's two of them. One was a team that came in. They had a woman carrying a, a pepper spray. They hit the store. Two guys or three guys break off to start smashing in the counters. And the woman takes and goes after the employees with pepper spray chases them down, and then once they she gets them out of the way, then she helps the guys wrap up the jewelry, and they make the break after that. This other one, the the black gang hits the store. It's three teams. They hit three different, three different points at the same store, and then they run and they break, and there's three cars waiting in the alley with a driver in each, and they break and they go. So they're in and out in about, I'm going to say, 60 seconds, maybe maybe 90 seconds. If they're doing this right now, a lot of this is that, that those sorts of hits give them quick cash. That's easy stuff that they can trade, get money out of, uh, whatever. And oh, this is going to sound pretty awful. It, somehow it's not going to surprise me in some of these high-end jewelry stores if you end up finding out that there's a big insurance scam going on in this too since, since the business is so bad these days. Just saying. The other thing now to expect, though, is they're probably going to start shifting gears. We're starting to see it. We've been seeing it since COVID that they've been raiding stores, and we've been seeing desperate people go after food. My guess is with the rise in stress about white racism or whatever they're calling it, I can't even keep track of this garbage anymore. They're going to probably start doing hits at grocery stores to try to keep people away. They're going to go after soccer mom type profiles. They're going to hit hard. They're going to beat some people up, scare them away. And they're going to try to start creating. The media is going to fan the flames of this. Now, just to point out something. All of this stuff that's been happening since R.V. Wade. It just went, we went through all of this. If you pay attention, we're not seeing that many cities under attack. It's Los Angeles. It's Chicago, D.C. There might have been some stuff in Atlanta. I didn't see much out of Portland. Uh, maybe some stuff out of Seattle. But my point is, even the, even the Patriot media is doing this. They're focusing on these events and making a big blow-up picture about it. Here's my answer about L.A. Burn it down. If you want to burn it down, burn it down. You live there. Here's my answer about D.C. Hurry up and burn it down because we've got to rebuild the whole thing. Here's my answer about any of the other cities they're in. If you're going to burn it down, burn it down. Now, apparently that's not, they're, they're becoming aware that they're losing media attention because today 
We found an article that showed that they're already talking about bringing the fight to rural America because they think that rural America is not prepared for a hundred deep of them coming into rage on their communities. I'm like, all right, that sounds like a good plan. That will go real well. So they might, <laughs> I don't know what these people think. I swear. You're like, okay. Just, and because what, again, what they think is conservative America is quiet. So we're stupid because we're not out here throwing a tantrum. Here's my point in all of this. The media is going to continue to fan the flames of this to continue to stoke the feels of fear. Cities are the worst place to be, so if you're in the city, you're going to have to take some precautions. But why do we keep talking about stocking up? Many, many reasons of why you should have food resources in your home. We are going to go through some pretty sketchy periods coming up, in my opinion. I keep coming back to the center point. The dollar has to implode. implode. The system has to be brought to the ground. And there has to get to a point when the people... It's, I will, I'm just going to say this. There is a point here that no matter how this plays out, there has to be a moment when the military steps in. That, that has to happen. I'm not looking for it, but inevitably, if you're going to collapse the dollar and you're not going to have any ability to buy food and the gas is going to be so short, it, things aren't going to pan out well. Okay? We don't, I'm not going to be the one fan in the flames of going, oh, please hurry up, military, help us out. I'm all about community and county level. You know that. So the real issue here is for us is to stay tight in your communities as much as you can. Build that relationships that you have. Build your tribes. And don't get worked up by the sort of media frenzy. This, And I mean any media frenzy about these attacks on the food systems. What's interesting is there's like about, I'm going to use a number. I think this is right. It's about 200,000 cattle we butcher a day. The 10,000 cows that they just killed in out there, which is probably a directed energy weapon, by the way, that they managed to all drop dead suddenly at the same moment, and they all look like they're in the same state of rigor mortis, which is not possible unless something killed them all at once, and it wasn't heat. The thing to keep in mind is that that's a, sh that's a fear thing. It's enough numbers, it gets people anxiety, and the food, food supply is under attack, but in true numbers, we're processing in this country about 200,000 cattle a day. So it doesn't have a significant impact on the actual food supply. It has a major impact on our trust in the system. That's what they're trying to do. Because part of this is to degrade your trust to such a degree that you will no longer believe that you can trust anything and in so doing, you will give up everything, like they did with COVID, to the government who will be there to protect you. And they will be there to help you out and provide you with a amicable solution. Something like, um, take another injection, use your digital ID, and we're here to help sort of garbage. Right? This is the Hegelian dialectic. So... Make sure you're putting it in perspective. I do talk a lot about food preparation because of a lot of other reasons. We need to be self-reliant. We don't need to be dependent on there. And they are corrupting the food supply because they're trying to channel everybody like cattle into this new system where you're going to eat their food. Not a good mix. So they're going to make, they're going to use selective markets and they're going to use selective gangs and groups like Antifa. In my opinion, they're going to use Antifa probably next to go after food systems. And that's that you can expect. And I'm pretty 
certain on that one. So just like Trey Arrow trans, transformed from being kind of this local activist, he was nasty. He would actually, one of the things they would do, the uh, ELF movement, Earth Liberation Front, is they would spike trees. They would drive spikes into trees so that when somebody, a guy came in to cut the tree with his chainsaw, the blade would hit steel and the blade would explode in front of him. A lot of, in, a lot of injuries out of that, okay? So it is important that we keep a perspective and do our due diligence. And that leads me to this kind of next important point. And I'm going to do a little bit of a summation on this as much as I can. I went through this in detail today, but it all has to do with these new Q posts. And you know that I'm very cautious on any of this stuff. It looks to be a LARP, okay? And it was done in a complex way of a way that they were apparently allowed. And this is, a, I have this up on, you can read this piece. It's up on Truth and it's up on Gap. Choose your poison. But it's a long, detailed piece. And Red Pill 78, Zach, is going to do a deeper dive into this tomorrow. So make sure and jump over and see his piece on that tomorrow. I'm just going to kind of give you the highlights of it. That what it appears from the piece I just read is that Jim Watkins was in on it. And they've allowed a group to come in and hijack the trip codes. And lo and behold, guess who else is in, in on it? Austin Steinberg, if you remember him. The whole thing was a LARP in order to confuse and misdirect the entire day and focus, which, as I said before, I'm not, I, if it came back or not, I saw it as a good thing only because we can start building bridges with the main body movement again or that not main body, but that group, but don't worship it. And here's a good reason why don't be just, don't be deceived. It's, it looks to be a total LARP and it was a cyber manipulation so that it was done in such a way that it was very hard to track the real anons, which about 99% of the people that are on these places now telling you they're anons don't have a clue what that means. I do not call myself an anon. Not in this sense, because these are like hardcore cyber guys. And I have a lot of, a lot of respect for the type of work and validations that they do. And they called it pretty quick that this didn't look right. They had a lot of suspicion of it. And I've been... I'm just my gut just felt that there was something off on it, but I was cautious. Nonetheless, introduce it because, you know, it's imp I think it's important to mention it. But now we're back at it, and you won't hear me talk about it anymore because it's it's just not – the one thing that I, I wrote that night, in fact, to, a, to somebody, I said the one thing I cannot stand when this letter starts showing up again is all the crazy PSYOP games begin, and sure as heck, this is it. So one other mention here, um, just going through a list of stuff tonight. Dave at X22 report was apparently, he said he was censored. I don't know if that means he was deplatformed. I don't know the details, but he said he was removed or censored. He just said censored from Podbean. I don't know what that means. Okay. I don't know where we're on Podbean's platform. I have not had any issue with Podbean. 
We've used this platform, and I have a lot of respect for what Podbean has allowed us to do in terms of free speech, okay? I have no way of knowing what caused the triggers of Dr. Sherry Tenpenny any more than I understand what caused the trigger of having apparently X-22 report removed from Podbean. So this is where I want you to hear this because we're still trying to get a platform going for Bards FM that's our own. Hopefully I can get that moving to completion here in the next few months. If something is to happen and we are for some reason removed from this platform, first of all, that pivot will be immediately over to Rumble. We are already on Rumble. I do not have live streaming going on on Rumble. But I will move to, to Rumble because it is the one live streaming we can kick in almost immediately. Okay, I'm not going to build up a big following over there right yet. It's not my interest. I'm we're com- comfortable here. It's just going very well on this platform. I know people say they don't like it. Uh, okay. You know, I mean, I don't like a lot of platforms. So, but we had been very successful here and we will continue in a live streaming sense over on Rumble. So I'm just giving you that heads up. I don't have any idea what's coming. You never know about these things anyway, and I don't know what will flag it if they're doing flagging at all, right? Again, so what I do know is that Dave spends a lot of time on that letter, and that letter causes a lot of problems. So we're not doing that either. So we'll see. I don't don't have any any insight as to what happened. We like it here. Um, and so we'll, we'll figure it out. Cause if we do it, if we get bumped here, we'll still be able to channel into the regular outlet outlets like Apple and other places. So I don't know. I just think that God's got us going pretty well here, but you know how these things go as we get closer down to the end point of certain groups. Um, It's hard to say what they're doing. This is a desperate moment for people in power. And we are in a very hot type war right now, right? That's something just to keep in mind. So again, if you want to read more about that incident with the recent posts, go to Podbean. I'm sorry, go to Gab or go to True Social. It's posted there. Uh, Someone said they had a hard time finding it on True Social when I sent them the link. It's odd. It's like it's gone flat. You can find the link pinned at the top of the page on Bards FM on Truth. And you'll find it. I'll pin it tonight, but it's there on top anyway. Go to Bards FM on Gab and you'll find it pinned there too. Okay. And you can, it takes a little bit of a read. And then again, Zach's going to cover that more in detail tomorrow night. This way you can get a context to, with some very legitimate research as to why what happened over the weekend was a LARP. And again, use discernment. Now, a lot of people are saying it's not. They're trying to put into all these other things. I'm I'm just going with it being a LARP, and I, I'm just staying away from it. So you can disagree with me as Many will. This particular event with this letter seems to bring out the most toxic of emotions. Here's the bottom line, Patriots. I'm just going to read what I wrote here at the post on Gab and on True Social, and I think this sums it up. Be smart. Don't be duped. We are the plan. 
The more you seek to have someone fix it for you, the more vulnerable you are to being hijacked. Walk with Jesus. Trust in God. God wins. That's pretty much it. So whatever your feelings are on that letter, good. And that's it. And the rest of it, trust in God, because that's what we're here for. But I think it's even more, there's probably even another scripture here that works equally well. And that's Psalm 118. Cursed is man who puts his trust in man. Blessed are those who put their trust in the Lord. In these coming months, we really need to keep that center. And I see that putting our trust in the Lord, putting our trust in man, we have to really be clear what we're doing. Our trust in the Lord is going to guide us through this. And it also means that we have a responsibility in our lives to take accountability for our lives and not to be continually dependent on corporate infrastructures. That's just common sense. At the end of the day, our counties are going to be the center point of this fight. I mentioned in the last couple nights, I've, I have mentioned in one of the shows about the importance of looking at this Roe versus Wade collapse and the fact it's been pushed back to the states. We can't sit in our laurels now. This is going to be a, a local fight that we have to be vigilant on, and you have to look at the intricacies of what all of this represents. A fetus in rough terms, I don't have these exact numbers before me, I've done this before, but in rough terms, a fetus ends up representing between $100,000 and $250,000 a fetus. This nation has aborted 55 million babies. That is genocide. Now, if you just do the math of 250,000 times 55 million, or even 100,000 times 55 million, you're starting to see the magnitude of the worth just in the basic component parts of a human fetus. As disgusting as that is, that is the true, there is some true economics right in there that you have to look at. When you start adding the idea of using fetal cells or stem cells in the development of vaccines, in the development of food products, including artificial flavorings, in the development of using those in healthcare products like facial creams, rejuvenation creams. The list goes on, and it, and it doesn't just stop there. They're using it, you know, some of this is being used in brain cells is being used to grow new types of computer chips. The worth of a, the value of a fetus is astronomical in volume. You're talking billions and billions and billions of dollars worth that a single fetus brings. What happened there with R.V. Wade, the, the destruction of that, and pushing it back to the states, and then the trigger, which is basically, is about six states that immediately went to no abortion, and there's expected to be 26 states probably by, if they're not already there, they will be there very quickly. And I would suspect that we'll probably see well over 30 to 33 or 34 states probably within a year. Maybe sooner, but I'm just kind of leaving it there. You're talking about the gutting of a massive institution. And therefore, when you start looking at the, the companies like Apple, Amazon, Dick's Sporting Goods is the latest, 
that are offering to fly their employees to states to get abortions. There's a couple of things involved there. That industry is worth billions. That's why New York is now offering free housing and free abortions. Anybody that wants to come into New York, they, this is a revenue source for them. It has nothing to do with children or health of a woman or whatever. It has everything to do with the ritual sacrifice to Baal and the handlers above. There's kind of a multiple pieces here. It's a ritual sacrifice. You've got handlers above very much in a mafia sense that are taking a cut off of every abortion. And then you just have the whole industries that have grown out of this. So they're not going to let this go lightly and they're going to mobilize locally a lot. So this is a choice and it's literally a choice. You have a choice to step up and to start being more and more active in our communities for the sake of our future or sit back and, and you know, dance around and say, hey, this is wonderful. We won. It's all over and we will get rolled up once again. This is the where we convert this from a, you know, kind of a, an information war to what I would call an on the ground hot war because the real war now is in the activism that's going to start happening in the communities. And we have the momentum. God gave it to us. So we have a responsibility to pursue that and move forward with it. I mentioned the other night, like I was starting to say earlier, that I'm looking at pursuing this on a county level and we will put together in the coming months. I'm not in a position yet because I need to get more facts together, but I'm going to put together, we'll organize it through our mods and we'll start, we will start organizing a county by county action and try to share information and get some resources. I'll reach out to Tom Renz as well so that we can start drafting legislation at a county level that we can get on the ballots or to get our county commissions to pass that will ban abortions in a county level. That's what we want to do. And that is going to be important going forward because it's going to be a great undoing. This is how I see it. Let the states do what they're going to do. In my state, we're blue. They're already saying we're going to protect abortion. I'm like, okay, whatever. There's 30, there are 30 counties in Oregon that are solid red. My vision is we get 30 counties to pass anti-abortion measures. Multnomah County, Portland, that whole heap of poo up there can handle it all if they want it. And we can develop activism over time and, and get into those counties. But in the short term, we can make action locally to help move this agenda along. And really, we need to be targeting every blue state in that way and not taking for granted red states. So their idea is just to convert our counties into solid. It's like backing up the main legislation in the state, because if you have the legislation in the state and they say today, they say, okay, we're anti-abortion. And then you get hijacked by a bunch of liberals, which is not out of the question. Everything that you've been relying on goes away. So if we can take a, a state and in every state we're squeezing out counties to where, you know, anywhere from 70, 80, 90 to 100 percent of the counties are also passing measures to back that up. Then we're in a pretty good place to ensure that we'll get rid of it for good. That's going to take a lot of local action. That's our responsibility. That's how I see it because it's it's not something that we can take lightly. And it, it speaks very powerfully to me. And again, I mentioned, I've used the same passage three nights now. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. 
I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's what we're trying to seek here. Now, in terms of these Antifa crazies and the unleashings of their violence, which is all they know, I, I would just recommend everybody just keep a good situational awareness. This is a responsibility of every American right now, every patriot right now, keeping a good situational awareness. They are looking for targets of opportunity and to exploit, to photograph, and to elevate. They want fear in the society. We're pretty solid at this point is across the country, but people do have a tendency of getting complacent, and they're going to take advantage of people that are not awake. So while we keep good situational awareness, that means aware of what's going on in your environment, do make some efforts to get to know your neighbors. We're in difficult times. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of tension. This, the country's worn down. They're wanting this to be an easy fix. They're wanting, they're wanting this just to be over. It's not going to be over right away. My expectation is we're not really going to see much of anything happen. And I mean, when I say that, much of that's not true. We're not going to see the sense of feeling like we have some relief for probably another year or two. We're just getting into the darkest part of this fight. And that was triggered on Friday just to get a glimpse of what's coming. And there's a lot more coming off the Supreme Court bench. And we'll see how it goes. But we're going to have to be vigilant. And that vigilance isn't going to go away. We're, we're now, we've evolved from being kind of this, okay, what do we do? And then we get to the place where we start to feel solid in our homes. But now this is us as a remnant stepping up and saying, now we're, we're the watchers on the wall. And that's an important position to take. There's many layers to that whole passage anyway in the watchers of the wall because there are the builders, there are the, the leaders, there are the teachers, there are the people of wisdom, there are the watchers on the wall. We have a role to play in our communities. And I feel very strongly about that, that we have to lead. And even if you're not accustomed to leading, well, guess what? <laughs> God doesn't care. He's like, yeah, whatever. Lead. So you, you, it's about getting to that place in the world where we're comfortable. We have the reliance on God, and it's a beautiful place. Seriously, it, it's a, and I, I just guess I can't speak to that enough because it's been a beautiful weekend of reestablishing life in our nation. That's what's happened. So the darkness is not in abundance, but it is loud, and it has the media's ear, and it likes to make a lot of drama, and in some places it is it has agencies that are working hand-in-hand hand with it to make it look more dramatic than it is. Our system is deeply corrupt. We have to understand that in a very real way. It isn't something that a single election will fix, and if it was my vote, we would not even have 2022 until we fix 2020. That's my personal opinion. If 2022 comes around and we do have an election on November 8th, I'll vote. But I'm not putting any hope on that vote. I'm putting hope on the actions that we continue to do centered on that county-by-county county model. That's true change because with that comes transformation. We need to change a moral foundation in this nation. We need to get back to God. We need to put Christ back in our lives at the center point. 
And that is going to take a steady march across time. It's not going to happen in one cycle. We're starting to see as this unravels the true nature of this insurgency. And they hate America. Let's let's face it. They hate babies. They hate men. They hate America. They hate anything that has to do with what's not on their agenda. And I'm not really sure what is on their agenda other than burn it all down. We understand very clearly that the system itself is Babylon. These are Babylon's army. And we also have, all of us should and should have a reasonable suspicion of anybody in uniform. It doesn't mean we don't trust them, but we're not going to just open up the, the ticker tape parade when they come rolling in. Take everything with a John Desai. Just like what happened the other night with that letter on Friday night. Take it with a John Desai. Don't race. Pause. You know, it's like they say, it's a, and I will tell you this exactly did happen, and I love to talk about that ambush because, as I say in the film, the ambush changes you. No kidding, it changes you. But even in the midst of the ambush, you find a moment to take a breath. It may be, it may actually be real time seconds, like seconds. But let me tell you, in those seconds, it seems like hours or at least long minutes. You have to take a sec, a few seconds to assess your terrain, and that's why they say take a knee, assess your terrain, take a sip of water, collect your thoughts. Okay. There's going to be a lot of things coming at all of us. It's going to happen everywhere. It's going to seem like, you know. I have to go, by the way, a lot of respect for Dave of X-22 report today because he just very maturely handled his pivot because he just said, he just put it up on his site. He said, for those of you that have been listening on, on Podbean, they've censored me, now move over to this. We're moving to a new platform. Here's where you can find me. He's not getting into the drama of it. Compliments to him. We're not slinging mud. We're not doing that. We're just going to keep moving. And I'll be very much the same way. Hopefully we don't get bumped from here. Hopefully we get the Bards FM real podcasting site up in the next couple months. We'll see. It's a lot of different things going on. We'll see if that can happen. But in the meantime, we lose it here and we go to Brumble. That's our, that's our fallback. So just like any operation, you always know your primary rally point and you know your secondary rally point. Okay? And you know where you can reach the comms everywhere else because there's always going to be comms on BitChute. There's going to be comms on Rumble. There's going to be comms on Gab TV. Even if I get severed from the podcasting network, which includes Apple, Amazon, Google, and I don't think I will, but if that it was to happen, where are you assured to find the podcast even if you can't have a, a, a chat? You will always find them on Podbean. That's what we're up on now. Frank Speech, you'll, we'll put them up on, on Gab TV, Rumble, and we'll have them on, uh, on True Social. Okay? So... Just be aware of that. And we'll be putting them up on Telegram. So we have our network of things going on. And that's how we will maintain comms as this thing moves forward. So you've got your primary and your secondary points, right? Primary rally points, secondary rally point. Primary rally points here. Secondary rally point is on Rumble if something goes to happen. And that's where we'll kick up chat. Might take us 24 hours, but we'll have chat rolling and we'll roll. Okay? Pretty simple. This is how we fight and win. That's the bottom line. Adapt. Uh, Don't waste time in the dramas. Assess. Keep your head. 
Don't rush into anything. And above all, make sure you're leaning in God on the whole way because that gives us the discernment we need and to victory we shall find our way. So, Patriots, that's kind of it for tonight. A little different show tonight, but I I think it's important that we get some perspective because we're going to have a busy week. A lot of things are going to continue to accelerate. Most of all, you know, like I've said so many times, make sure you're keeping up your, your preparations. No one knows what's coming. We don't know how crazy it's going to get. But wisdom tells you that in a time of war, if you don't have some stockpiles of things in your home from food and some cash and some ability to preserve your income, uh, probably not a good idea. And we are at war. So we're at war with one of the most evil cabals in the history of humankind. And it's losing, but it's not going to let go easily. Let's pray. Father, we're really blessed this evening to come together and just have this time to share, commune, to have fellowship. We're blessed with each day that you give us this time to commune and have fellowship. We are equally humbled and still living in that reverie of, of the victory of Friday, and we're so deeply humbled by what you gifted to us, restoring life to our nation. So, Father, we know that this is going to raise the, the ire of evil, and we also know that this walk that we're on You're winning and will always win because you always win. But we also understand that there will be challenges ahead of us that will require our discernment, require us to hold fast even at times when it seems we can't. So we pray for that strength and we pray for that clarity. We pray for that clear walk ahead. We pray for your encouragement each step of making sure we're making the right step forward. And Father, we are just thankful for all that has been given to us. We're thankful for all that we've been forgiven for. We're thankful for the everlasting love that you give us, the sacrifices made for our behalf. We just can't imagine something as profound as a gift of the life that you've given us all. Guide us in this time, Father. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. We are on the offensive. Don't forget that. But even in the midst of offenses, of offenses, it never is smooth and it always means you're tangling with an army that's getting pushed back into the corner. These people will fight to the very end. Don't get complacent. And from this famous line in hand solo to Luke Skywalker after he shot his first little Raider drone. All right, kid, don't get cocky. I should have that voice clip in here. That'd be a good one. So don't get cocky either. All right, Patriots, have a very blessed evening. I'll see you tomorrow afternoon for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us, but keep those prayers up. Listen closely to everything he lays down before us, and let's pray for the healing and mercy of this nation. We have a lot of healing and mercy to be had. In the end, God will always win, but we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We're at war, 
Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow. Bended knee until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through. Fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to level ground. Oh, I can see it now. I can see it now. Out on 
the freeway, let it ease my mind. We run away sometimes when belonging becomes something to find. Star.